Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. The third quarter, 28-3. Hewitt driving confidently at the top of the lane with the favourite. Jewel Melody looking for separation. She gets away. She's out in front by eight metres. Waterline second. Bronsky Delight tips and rolls to the outside. Talk like motion deeper than Lady Digby. But Jewel Melody races away. What a filly. What a season. Another group one. Jewel Melody bolts in. Bronsky Delight. Empress. One of the many highlights at Albion Park last Saturday night with those triad finals. Chris Barsby is joining us. Good morning, Chris. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Was that the highlight, Jewel Melody's performance? She was expected to win about $1.10, or was it something else on the night? No, that was the star performer for mine. Uh, just the fact that she was able to win her fourth Group 1, and that was only her 11th start. So when you think four Group 1s in a single season, it's obviously been really hectic. But she's been perfectly managed right throughout the year by her trainer driver, Bernie Hewitt. She cost $40,000 as a yearling. She's now banked in excess of $300,000. And the season is not just over as yet. She's going to go back home to Bathurst, Steve, have a little bit of a freshen up, and then they're going to focus on this crown coming up at the end of the year. So who knows? She might be able to claim another group one and bank even more. But when you compare her to some of the, sea, uh, the, the star fillies of seasons gone by, She's as good as we've seen. Uh, I don't think she's getting the credit that she deserves, this Philly Jewel Melody. Another highlight was Trent Lee. Two Group 1 features there on Saturday night for real life, taking the two-year-old Colts and Geldings, and he won the three-year-old Phillies feature as well with Magical Mayo. So a huge night for local horseman Trent Dawson. And uh, Captain Shuffles, he won the three-year-old Colts and Geldings. And what a meteoric rise it's been for this guy. He's unbeaten this campaign. Four from four. Leap to fame is clearly... Clearly the best three-year-old in the state, but this guy, he's making huge inroads, and he claimed a Group 1 feature there on Saturday night. Unfortunately, Steve, there was a race this Saturday night. It didn't get off the ground, but some of the nominations were Leap to Fame, Tim's a Trooper, Captain Shuffle's Danger Zone, Class to the Max. It was a star-studded lineup, but unfortunately, it didn't get off the ground for some unknown Why? reason. But that would I'm not sure, but that would have been a race. Mm. Gee, okay, that's interesting. Just with Jewel Melody, do you recall the dam of this particular filly? I think you called her a few times, didn't you, Chris? Our sweet Melody? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, she comes from a very good family. This is the Seymour breed for, for memory, Steve, our sweet Melody. So she comes from a, a great uh, pedigree overall, and she's by this super sire, Captain Treacherous. She's done really well at stud. He's sweet, I think, was the first foal that uh, this mare left. He was a Group 1 winner as a two-year-old. And now uh, this filly, Jewel Melody, she's ended up being a four-time Group 1 winner at two. So at stud, she's proving her true value. So her racetrack performances probably weren't anything to write home about. But at stud, she's an absolute ripper. Mm, OK, our first guest is with Ricky Elshin. Well, Ricky's got runners right along the eastern seaboard today. So if he's not the busiest person in harness racing today, I don't know who is because he's got runners today at Albion Park, multiple runners. He's got multiple runners at Menangley's home track. And he's also got a runner stepping out tonight at Melton. Busy, busy, busy. Ricky, good morning. How are you, Chris? Really well. Is this the first time that you've had runners at the three metro venues in a single day? Um, I think so. The could be another time last year perhaps we did but um yeah if not one maybe two 
Okay, I'm tipping that's going to take a fair bit of sorting out. Just the logistics, getting horses there, having the right people in place to look after the horses. There's a fair bit involved. Yeah, definitely. Um, we do have some good staff, fortunate enough. And um, Rick Hunty's going to Melbourne with Tough Love and Montebolano, who's in at Kilmore on Thursday night. So he's got them two down there. And Will Rickson's in charge of the team at home. So, yeah, that, they'll have it sorted. Okay. You're here in Brisbane. I've got to ask, first and foremost... The carnival's been good for you overall. How's the fishing been compared to previous years? <laughs> well, we probably had too many horses up here this year through the carnival. <laughs> and the, the days the um, the weather was good, we were busy. And the days we weren't busy, the, the weather wasn't that good. But we still managed to catch a few. And we've gone out a bit this week and, and caught a couple again before we go home. So, what, yeah, it's been good. Yeah. Mm. What sort of fish? Oh, mainly flathead. But, yeah, we catch a few grunter and whatever gets on the line, really. Okay. The weather's been perfect the last week, so it would have been ideal condition, surely. Yeah, it has been, but I actually sent the boat home when Will left. So, um, yeah, no, we, we've still managed to find a little spot to go and have a few beers and relax. All right, give me the GPS markers. <laughs> I can't <laughs> tell you that much. <laughs> Let's go to your runners today at Albion Park first and foremost. Race three, number five, Borsalino. This is the Colts and Geldings consolation for the three-year-olds. Only a small field of six. He's on a big class drop. How do you think he'll measure up here today? Uh, look, on ability, Chris, um, the horse has got it. He, he just um, he's a funny little horse. He's not the best gated horse and not the most tractable horse, but if he puts it all together, he, he can definitely figure there today. But, um, yeah, he, he's nearing the end of his campaign. But I thought, he, although he made a break on Saturday night, I thought his run was still quite good to, to regain and not get beat far in that qualifier. So, I mean, he'll have to put his best foot forward, but if he does, um, he can figure in the money. When you have small fields, there's always that distinct possibility that we know pressure because they normally go pretty slow once they find their positions. Do you think that'll be the case today or do you think you'll get a fairly even tempo throughout? Um, yeah, I mean, you just don't know sometimes. I mean, sometimes at Albion Park, that they do tend to, to run along a bit more than you'd think. So, um, yeah, hopefully it's an even tempo and, and there's a bit of speed in the race. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just not sure. I think it's a pretty even sort of field on ability, so... Yeah. Okay. Just looking at the early markets, he, he's been a good firmer at this point, Borsalino. So someone fancies him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Probably just his run the other night. Um, you know, it was quite a, a good run behind some better horses. But yeah, like I say, he, he will need to put his best foot forward. But if he does, the horse does have a touch of ability. Okay. Race seven today. This is the two-year-old Phillies Triad Consolation. San Maria. She's been very consistent her whole campaign so far. Were you a little disappointed that you missed out on the start on the big one there on Saturday night? Oh, look, I mean, it's good to be in the good races, um, really good. But, you know, she would have been no match to Jewel Melody and a few of those horses. She would have possibly only been making the numbers up and unless she drew very well and, you know, got a cosy trip. But I think, um, you know, going forward, looking into next year, I think she should be a horse that will really improve from a spell because she's actually surprised me a lot since I bought her to Queensland because I actually... I'd sort of said to Alf and Rosario that she was limited and, you know, we might look to move her on um, early days. And then I brought her up here and um, got her to the races and she, she really stepped up. So everything she's done up here has been a surprise to me. So sometimes um, those are the horses that when you spell them and bring them back, they, they can take the next step again. 
Okay, morning line favourite here is cheerleader who's drawn gate one last start winner and a tick over 55. You would have been hoping that the emergency didn't secure a start, so you would have drawn directly behind cheerleader. That would have been a, a good little contest if it had to play out that way. Well, that's what we that's what we were hoping for, but um, yeah, unfortunately there was a scratching, and now now she's two off the second line. But um, yeah, like I say, she she has come a long way, and she still still seems to be um, working well, and she trialled well at Redcliffe the other day. So you know, if she, if she can figure in the money, I'll be over the moon. Okay, just on that trial last week, uh, did she do everything that you wanted to, to do in that trial? Yeah, she did. She she's quite a funny little track worker at home. She she really needs company and. Since um, I've been up here on my own, I haven't been able to work her sort of with anything. And um, so I just selected to trial her so she could get a good hit out. And yeah, I was happy with her. Okay. Your other runner today is One Big Show. This guy, he's been he's been awesome since finding his way to Brisbane. Here at Albion Park, he's won six from 12. He's a last stud winner. He's versatile. Uh, doesn't matter if it's a mile or 2,100 metres. He just seems to adapt and, and, and fits in nicely. He, he's been a ripper for you up here. Yeah, he has. He's, he's a horse with quite a future. Um, he's still, you know, he's done a really good job, but he's still sort of big and, um, you know, learning to race, so to speak. Um, he probably doesn't look that way in his races, but you know, he still switches off at times. And uh, I really think this campaign up here will bring him on and I expect him to shape up to Saturday night racing back at home. So, yeah, he'll run a good race again today. He, Ash drives him well and he really goes for her. So, yeah, she'll, she'll weigh it up. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point you raise. Uh, they they just seem to gel these two. Uh, they've got a very good record together. Yeah, they do. And, um, you know, I, I think Ash, um, as a driver, she hasn't had all that many opportunities, but they seem to run for her. And she rarely makes too many mistakes for somebody that's starting out. So, um, yeah, I think she's got a bright future, same as the horse. Okay, so he'll eventually find his way back to, to Sydney and go through the graves down there? Yeah, he's one that'll come home um, and have a short spell. And he's actually... Um, He's Vic Bread and Breeders Crown, which I've got to take a team to Melbourne in about six weeks. So he'll probably end up down there for the the um, back end of the season. And you know, he raced in the derbies against some of those better horses when David Aiken had him down there. And I think he's a much more mature horse now. So we might take him down and give him a crack. Okay. So at this stage, when do you finish up your Queensland campaign then? At about 5.30 this afternoon. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm heading all home. Right. Uh, one big show's in on Saturday night, um, but I'll probably leave him up here with Ash, and, um, yeah, then he'll make his way back on transport next week. Okay. So you've got a big uh, back end of the year coming up. You've mentioned the Breeders' Crown. You've got Breeders' Challenge. There's a whole lot of races coming up. Um, just quickly, Tardelli, the star two-year-old, what's his progress? Yeah, he's back in work. Um, he'll head to Melbourne for a heat of the Breeders' Crown, um, I think it's late October. Um, so that, that's he'll have his first hobble up on Thursday when I get home. Okay, excellent. And Tough Monarch, the stable star, he's entered on Saturday night in a mobile. What are your expectations here? Yeah, look, he, he's, his campaign up here, those two runs, just, yeah, he, he wasn't himself. And, uh, you know, his last run was... You know, not him. He rarely puts in a performance like that. So um, his work at home, according to Rick, has been really good. So, you know, it's a tough race on Saturday night. But, look, we'll, we'll just let him tell us when he's had enough. If, you know, if he can't race up to his best, um, you know, in, in the next few months, well, you know, retirement probably wombs for him. But, you know, at this point, his work at home has been good. And, 
Um, you know, we'll give him a couple more runs and just see where he's at. We'll enter him for the Inner Dominion, but unless he's right at his game, uh, we're not just going to, you know, race him just to have him there. He's been such a good old horse to me. I'd, I'd happily put him in a, in a nice big paddock somewhere. Okay. Has he claimed that record yet for the most wins at Menangle? Not yet. There's a few of them equaled, which are him, Drop the Hammer, Cash and Flow, Don Boston. They're all on 26 wins. So, you know, it would be nice to, to hold that, that record for, for a little bit. Obviously, Cash and Flow and Drop the Hammer are, are racing on Saturday night as well. And, um, you know, we mightn't hold it forever, but it'd be good to have it for a little bit. Yeah, too right, too right. And just on one of your other horses that you've campaigned up here during the winter, What's Up Sunshine? Would I be right in saying his future now lies in North America? No, no, not. There was plenty of um, plenty of interest in him, and he's actually gone home um, for a little rest. Um, at this stage, it won't go to North America, but I think he'll end up there eventually. Okay, all right. Well, it's been a, a delight having you up here once again. Uh, hopefully there's some more spoils coming your way this afternoon. But as I said, it's a busy day. Runners today at Albion Park, Menangle and Melton. Best of luck. No worries. Thanks, Chris. There's Ricky Elchin joining us, Steve. So a uh, busy person with runners yeah. at those three metro venues. It's, it's rare that you see it. And just tonight at Melton, Steve, guess who's back in town tonight at Melton? Petrarca. Plymouth Chubb. Oh, really? Yeah, having his first run back tonight. So he goes around in, uh, where are the, uh, race six, number seven. So this is his first start this year. Of course, he had that uh, injury after his uh, brilliant season last year where he won 14 of his 15 starts, banked more than $220,000. So he is back in action tonight. So he goes around in a race number six. Petrarca, he's going to step out on Saturday night in Sydney. He raced there last Tuesday in a nutrient heat. And uh, that final comes up this Saturday night. So that's where we get to mm. see the track. How's the again. trials been with Plymouth Chubb, Chris? Uh, to be honest, I'm not even sure he's had a trial. Um, I, I can't find a trial for Plymouth Chubb. Um, you would assume he would have to have had one, given that we're now in uh, August and his last start was on New Year's Eve. So I think if they have more than six months off, they've got a trial publicly. So I'm not... I can't find a trial for him. Peter Manning lives a long way from a lot of tracks, so I don't know where he snuck him off to, but maybe he just mm. snuck him off to one of those small tracks and uh, just poked him along just to uh, do what was required. All right, yeah, his record's 15 starts, 14 wins, and, gee, they never missed him, did they? He used to go around a lot, um, yeah. uh, Plymouth Chubb. Chris, Lock and Varart, we were talking about him before I went away. Is there any further developments on him and progress report? Well, he made his return to racing on Saturday night, went around on the My Lightning Blue. He ran second, but he was far from disgrace running second. Uh, Torrid Saint won that race. He was able to lead, set really fast sectionals. He was three wide to the breeze, lock and var art. So uh, I'm sure connections would have been thrilled. Uh, he didn't shirk the task at any stage. He kept fighting all the way to the line. So he's now back in action. So I'm tipping we'll probably see him uh, in a fortnight's time. They'll look for another race. And uh, as far as uh, immediate plans are concerned. The Victoria Cup's the most likely. Uh, New Zealand Cup's still being spoken about. I think nominations for the New Zealand Cup close off in the next couple of weeks. So you would expect to see him amongst nominations. I think there'll be a few Australian horses uh, nominated for the New Zealand Cup this year. But uh, no, everything's everything's A-OK -okay with Lock and Vara. So uh, beaten, but far from disgrace mm. first up on Saturday yeah, he's night. he's been about three metres behind Torrid Saint, who was the second favourite at 3.70, and Lock and Vara was $1.60. Riley Butts joining us. Our next guest, Mobile Riley. Riley, good morning. Good morning, how are you? 
Really well. I wanted to ask about uh, your drives today, but before I get to those drives, I wanted to ask about a couple of the trotters from the stable of you and your dad, Tim. Uh, last week, last Friday night, Carmano was able to score and uh, he was really strong. He's a talented horse, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. He's got a lot of ability. He's still, still putting it all together, but um, consistent racing, he seems to start putting it all together and putting some good races in there. Righty, I'm not sure. It just sounded a bit muffled at the moment. I'm not sure if the phone or where you are, if you could just move the handset or something. You're on hands-free or something. See if that's a better quality. Yeah, a bit better. That's a bit better, yeah. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, so just talking about Carmanna. So any short-term sort of aims for him coming up? Uh, he just keeps going through the grades for now and we'll step him up to Saturday night grade probably in the next few months and see how he Okay, and what about the new horse uh, that started on Friday night, Cocky Mulk? Uh, he was beaten, but I thought it was a really pleasing performance. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's a run short last uh, Friday. Yeah, he did a couple of things wrong. He's hanging a wee bit, so um, we'll sort all that out, and I think he'll be a progressive horse in the next few months as well. Could he quickly become the best trotter in the stable, in your opinion? Um, I wouldn't put too much between him and Carl Manor, but... Um, He's probably got better manners than Carmen at this stage. Okay, well, we'll keep following him with interest. It was a nice debut there for the stable on, on Friday. Let's talk about your drives today. And speaking of trotters, race four, number three, Paddy Pants lines up. Uh, as you know better than most, uh, these trotting races, they're, they're fairly open. Luck plays a big part. What are the expectations today with Paddy Pants? Yeah, he's probably better suited to the stand, gets a wee bit of a handicap on some of those other ones that he races each week. He, um, he, set, he always sets pretty well, so he's always up in the first four or five and puts himself in the race. He needs that sort of run where he doesn't have to do a lot of work, so if he can get that, he'll be there about for something. Okay, he starts off the 10-metre handicap, so uh, he should be up fairly close fairly soon after the start here. Yes, most definitely, yeah. He uh, sets away, straight clean, gated trotter, so there we go. Okay, race number eight today. Stable's got two runners, Parama, which is your drive, and Swayze. Was it a tough decision for you to make between these two, or was it clear cut? Yeah, there wasn't um, wasn't much between them, but um, oh, Parama had the claim five drive down with him, so I thought I'll stick with him and put Lynn Kane on Swayze. Mm. Both horses are going well, though, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Parama's always. Uh, thereabouts he's running home and he needs a wee bit of luck in running but he's uh he's always running top four or five most starts and ways he's um well first up he went well against Teddy Disco and then second up he runs third captain shuffle and saw what they did Saturday night so pretty good form line. Yeah and that last start fifth he really hit the line strongly. Yeah but unlucky that start so I think um it'll be it'll be will run a race today. Okay. Just looking at this field as well, looks like you're going to get solid tempo here. Golden Sam drawn barrier one, likes to go fast, uh, goes fast, and the Grog brother who's drawn in gate two, he's another on-pace runner, so it looks like you'll get a genuine speed here. Yeah, it looks that way, so hopefully it pans out that way, and I think they'll both be uh, running on at the end. All right. Race 10 today, you've picked up the drive for Jimmy Hewitt with Kiang Marvin. I thought the first up third last week was excellent. You would expect further improvement to come with fitness, so he looks like he's a good chance here. Yeah, it was a great run first up. Um, 
you'd, you'd think it improved a little bit off the first up run. It's a handy enough little field, though. There's a couple in there that have been in form. One big show and sagging for and those two horses, so we're a little tactical affair, but I'd say it'd be running on pretty nicely. Yeah. Is this your first drive for Gemma today? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Well, it's a good one to get there with Kiang Marvin, so hopefully he'll improve off that first up third. So out of your drives today, which one are you most looking forward to? Um, probably probably Parama. He's probably the best chance. He's always there about. Good okay. great chance, I'd say. All right, so we'll put the circle around Parama. Overall, are you happy with the way things are travelling up here in Queensland? Yeah, no, definitely. Just still getting stuck into it. Uh, it takes a bit of time, but got a nice uh, young team, a lot of yearlings coming through, so hopefully in the next 12, 24 months, we'll be still open the track. All right. That two-year-old that you had at the trials here last week, do you rate him? Yeah, I've got a bit of time for him. He's, um, he's quite a big, goofy... Uh, horse who um, will definitely be a better three-year-old, but he, he feels like the abilities, yeah. Anyway. yeah. He looks a likely type. He's, I think he's a son of Art Major, and he's got that real Art Major presence about him. He, he, he's easy on the eye. Yeah, definitely. Well, we went to the sales, and we bought him because he looks like Field Marshal. is that sort of mould. So um, he's, he's shown a fair bit of ability at home, so we'll see how he comes up. All right, excellent. I really appreciate the time today. We'll see you in action here once you get to the track. Thank you. There's Riley Butt joining us, Steve. So a couple of good chances. So uh, the stable's going well. They've got a couple of nice trotters in the stable. Like I mentioned, Car Manor and this new uh, Kiwi trotter, Cocky Mulk. He performed really well first up. And uh, that two-year-old will keep an eye out for from the trials last week. He looked a real likely type. Big, strong-looking horse. So uh, he may well worth be following. Mm. We'll keep an eye out for him. So plenty to look forward to with the Butt stable. Absolutely. Just look at those fields at Menangle on Sunday night with those Group 1s. We, we touched on Petrarca going around in the, in the Colts and Geldings drawn favourably in, in Gate 4. But just looking at the Phillies Group 1, Chris, a bit later in the night, two races later, it looks uh, fair to say just an is it an even contest? A lot of these horses are, appear to be maidens. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's fair, Steve. Uh, the boys are certainly a lot stronger than the girls' final on Saturday night. So I think the boys will be getting along and they'll be running uh, fast time. Uh, the two-year-old fillies, yeah, no, no real standouts there. The, the heats, the heats were, you know, strongly contested, but uh, there was no dominant performance. So it'll be an interesting uh, market once that's uh, when when mm. that goes up, and it'll be interesting to see if we get any lead from Jared later in the week. Yeah, there's only a couple of horses that have actually won races in that Group One. Rest of mates. Yeah, yeah, I think that the one horse will be a, a, a horse to keep an eye out. Ludicrous. For. Ludicrous. Uh, mm. Nathan Jack takes the drive. The two runs have been good, and Barrier One gives it a really strong chance. So, be a nice way to break your maiden, winning a Group One race there mm. on the weekend. Absolutely. All right, Chris. Uh, is that it for today? How are we going to get uh, to race track? Race track Ralph. He's, he's got to give us the, the good oil for today. So hopefully he's in form. He steered us into one last week. The tax collected, duly saluted. So the eyes in, and he's about to join us now. Ralphie, good morning. He just needs okay, 30 mate. seconds, apparently, Chris. Right so he's just uh, compiling right. it now. Just before I went away, well, actually, when I was away, I went to the, the exhibition, Chris, and watched the harness racing final at David called. I went up and watched, uh, had a chat to David before he called some of those heats in the big final on the Sunday night, and it was just a great spectacle, and the crowd were going crazy there. Um, of course, we know that a lot of horses at the Ecker don't make ground from back in the field, but nevertheless, it was great to showcase harness racing to a wider audience there at the Echo with the trots there this year. 
Yeah, no doubt. And we see it time and time again where, you know, we can get to the final night like it was this year and uh, the crowd is just right into it. So there's plenty to look at. But once the horses are on the track and, and you know, getting ready to, to run their final race, uh, the crowd are really focused on it. And as you said, it's a different audience, completely different audience. Plenty of families get to the echo. They take in the action. So it's great to see. As you said, it, you know, you, you can't really make ground from back in the field when you're on such a small track. But uh, it's just that that presence, uh, you know, being uh, in, in the, the eye of the, you know, different um, viewers. And, uh, you know, it's a whole different society that are getting to the show to take in this action. And many are seeing it for the first time. So hopefully... Um, you know, harness racing can can take something out of that and uh, have a few new fans uh, along the way. Mm, no doubt, he's with us now. Ralphie, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. Uh, we need a good thing or two for today, and we've got twelve races. There's no shortage, that's for sure and certain. What have you found as far as your best bet is concerned? Okay, I think we're going to head to uh, race four. We're looking at number seven, Kenny Kecko. Now she's a, a four-year-old mare. She's a former Kiwi trotter who's now had the two local starts and for two very different results here for uh, two different stables, funny enough. She failed as an odds-on favourite at a first start. Uh, that was before joining the uh, leading uh, trainer up here at Jack Butler's stable and she ran an excellent second last week. That was behind Capai where she covered a lot of extra ground racing wide throughout and she wasn't beaten all that far and they ran a very solid time. Um, today, she switches back to the tapes for the first time in Australia. Um, and just remember, she her last two wins in New Zealand were both from standing starts at Addington. So she strips a lot fitter today, and she looks very hard to beat under these conditions. So we will be race four, number seven, Kenny Kekko. All right, I like the confidence there. Race four, number seven, Kenny Kekko for the informed Jack Butler, Brendan Barnes book to take the drive. That's our best bet. Just going back to last Saturday night, all the Group 1 action, the four Group 1 features with the triads. What was the highlight for you? Was it Trent Dawson snaring his double or was it Jewel Melody claiming her fourth Group 1 win? Well, from a local point of view, it's definitely Trent Dawson. But, hey, how good is that Jewel Melody? Yeah, it's some sort of record, isn't it? 11 oh, starts, I'm... seven wins, four minors. Absolutely outstanding. And I'm... I know you've said it before, but... She doesn't get the recognition she deserves around Australia. Yeah. Well, hopefully she'll uh, get that opportunity later this year when she goes to Melbourne for a shot at the Breeders' Crown. But uh, it's a it's a great record, no doubt about it. And Captain Shuffles, just on him, his rise has been so dramatic. As I mentioned to Steve earlier, Leap to Fame, clearly number one. And there was a race this Saturday night, looking at the nominations yesterday, there was Leap to Fame, Tim's a trooper, Captain Shuffles, Danger Zone, uh, a number of quality performers, but it didn't get off the ground. That would have been a heck of a race this weekend. Oh, that's for sure. And Captain Shuffles, well, yeah, he's certainly the uh, the form horse at the moment. Yeah, no question. No question about it. So that was Saturday night. We've got all the consolations taking place today, and we've got the good oil with race four, number seven, Kenny Kekko. Ralphie, as always, appreciate it. We'll see you trackside. Okay, thanks, Chris. So racetrack, Ralphie joins us, Steve. Race four, number seven, Kenny Kecko. Just quickly, I know you were away last week. Just the update on Chicago Bull. He failed last time out, dropped out, ran last, beaten a long way. They've had thorough uh, and extensive vet tests carried out on him. He was found to be uh, a little sore in one of his uh, joints. So 
Uh, he's going to have a couple of easy weeks and then they'll bring him up again. So retirement is not uh, anytime soon at this point. So just a couple of easy weeks and then they're going to give him another shot. And just on uh, the West, Wild West, who won the WA Pacing Cup earlier this year, he came across, joined the, uh, the Cobbity Equine team in Sydney, but just didn't really fire there, which came as a little bit of a shock because he's such a big, uh, you know, strong and, you know, um, well, he, he just looked like he'd be tailor-made for Menangle. He never really fired there, and his future's now up in the air. I, I'm told that he's set to leave the stables of, of Cobbity Equine, but I'm not sure if he's going back west, and if he does, I'm not sure if he returns to the Hall stable. So... I'll keep following that one, but uh, his uh, his future's a, a little bit up in the air at the moment. Wild West and expensive ego, Steve, one of the big stars that we didn't see during the Tab Constellations. He's getting set for the Victoria Cup where he's likely to go up against uh, Lock and Varad. He's only a couple of weeks away. He's coming along really well, full Cobbity Equine. He's had a couple of private trials at Menangle and uh, he, he's coming along really well. So he's only weeks away from a racetrack return expensive ego. Excellent. Yeah, that Eka final I talked about, um, the winner, Chris, was Moonlight Butcher, and uh, Dan Russell spoke after the race there. The final was quite emotional as well. Talked about, you know, a race he always wanted to win at the Eka. He'd been going there since he was a kid, and his grandparents were involved. So it was quite emotional hearing Dan Russell speak after the Garrard's Horse and Hound final there at the Echo. Well, well I caught up with him at the track uh, the following week, Steve, after that. And he said it was his career highlight. He said, mm. you know, everyone's different in what races they want to win and what it means to them. But he said that was a race that he'd always wanted to win. So he said, I achieved a lifetime dream there. So uh, that was a couple of days after. But he was still... Uh, pretty uh, emotional about, uh, you know, just reflecting on that performance on the Sunday night. Of course, he raced after that, Chris, didn't he, at Redcliffe? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he yeah. did. So he, he's fit and firing. So uh, we'll see. He might even be going around this week at Redcliffe, so we'll keep an eye out for him. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Steve.